Welcome to the Spirit of Money podcast with your host, Beth Ann McMerrick. Here we weave together the elements of personal finance and business with the spiritual side of your money. Bust through your financial barriers and transform your life, mind, body, spirit, and wallet. Beth Ann guides you in a unique and enlightened approach on how to clear your financial chakra pathways, tune up your money vortex system, and manifest your dreams come true. Here's your host, Beth Ann McMerrick. Well, hello and welcome to the Spirit of Money podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And welcome to episode one of the Spirit of Money podcast. I'm so excited about finally finding this platform. And I'll tell you why. I'll let you all in on a little secret right now. I can't spell. I can't spell. I don't know grammar. You'll hear I have my own language. In fact, one of my assistants used to say it's you if you have to learn Beth Ann talk, but you'll you'll get it. No worry, no worries. <laughs> but I'm so excited about being able to do this podcast because the newsletter thing and the you know, writing and editing thing, it just was too overwhelming for me and I wasn't able to really get out the information and the messages and the the tools and things that I have to share with you. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to finally find a platform for me to share all this yummy, yummy, amazing money stuff that really truly has been a divine gift for me. And I hope a divine gift for you as well. So buckle up. Here we go. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to hear all the amazing things and gifts that have happened for you as you have stepped into your true divine money self. Here we go. In this episode, we the topic is discover the spiritual side of your money. And you, I know you're probably going like, what, the spiritual side of your money? And just to tell you, ultimately, in my profession, I am an accountant turned holistic financial mentor. And so I've been able to work on both sides of the accounting and money side, as you will, energy be it the earth energy and then also the um, personal energy, our own personal energy, basically kind of like the law of attraction. However, I have a more specific view of it through money and how to attract money and, and bring that money into the earth and into your bank account. And this is just so such an interesting topic to me and actually is just my big, big passion. Because ultimately, for me, it's about finding our true selves and finding and living every day in our heart space and in a space that's serving and supporting not only ourselves and ourselves first, however, but also those around us and those in our lives who are meant to touch. 
And I am so excited about having the opportunity to share all of this amazing, yummy, delicious money stuff and the spiritual side of this money in my intent and my sole purpose is to support you in creating a life for yourself that you're in love with too. When discovering the spiritual side of your money and finding a way to have and create money in your life that's around love and around your sole purpose and around compassion and hope and desire and emotion and energy and all sorts of amazingness. When you're able to get into that space in your life, it's really like eating a chocolate ice cream cone every day, if you like, especially the swirly kinds, right? It's it's delicious. It's yummy. It's juicy. It drips and it's fun and you just can't wait to, you know, till the next lick <laughs> when it comes to eating an ice cream cone. This discovering the spiritual side of your money it is is the intent of this entire podcast in finding that spiritual side of yourself within and balancing harmony within yourself and your money, mind, body, spirit, and wallet. So just to tell you a little bit about me and well, I guess I get to tell you a lot about me so you can get to know me and I can assist and show you kind of through my journey, what I've discovered in my own life and how it's assisted me to to create the life that I have now and support you in your journey and growing your life and growing your financial life. The re- And the reason why I think this is such an important topic is because we have done the, you know, all the guru meditation, stones, crystals, and all those things. We've done so much of this work already. But the work that we really haven't paid attention to is the work with our money. We've not put forth another, instead, we've made money the enemy. We've said money is the thing that's been getting in our way that it's all evil. If I could do everything, you know, in a holistic you know, spiritual way and not have to spend a penny, then that's the way to be, you know. And I'm here to talk about finding a divine connection with your money in a way that with money, because like it or not, money's going to be here forever. It is the easiest way of currency. I mean, I can't imagine like going up to the airport, you know, place, of course, now it's online. So you really couldn't do trade very well online. But Imagine going to the airport and having, you know, 60 dozen eggs and walking up to the counter and like, be please, may I buy a ticket, please? And here's my currency with these eggs. And it's just really not practical anymore. I mean, really, money is the easiest form of way for us to to exchange goods and services and to move our energy through the or move the connections, move the surplus, move the goods, move the information from one person to another and, and assisting all of us in growing together. It all happens through money and through the systems of our life, through our systems of our governments and our profit driven systems and tax systems and church systems and school systems, and even just family units, We have come up with so many different ideas and beliefs and experiences around money that has really turned money, that we've really turned money as this evil, horrible energy that we, we just can't be part of. We can't talk about, we have to have a strict diet. You know, I mean, like budgeting to me is like being on a strict diet. It does not work. (laughs) 
Instead, it's called having a cash flow plan. And being on a budget, it's the same thing as like being on a diet. It just doesn't happen. You know, you cheat. You have that chocolate fudge sundae. You have those brownies. You go and splurge on that, you know, I, my my weakness is crystals and books, office supplies, especially notebooks and pens, pencils. My weakness is books and crystals. Anyway, I do love crystals. I love all the spiritual work that we've had in our life. And um, my journey, my childhood growing up has been a tortured, ugly, ugly one and, and very painful, full of, full of so much pain. And that is what really... The painful part of my life and my my growing up was what really inspired me to work in the spiritual realm because I my heart and soul had been shattered through the experiences of my childhood, and and as a way for me to to take care of my children, my profession ended up being um, accounting, and really I fell into it. I really just fell into it. Because my growing up, I was only expected to be a mother and wife. I didn't really have a plan for my future or for a profession for myself. And when my husband and I separated and I ended up being on welfare, one of the things about being on welfare was that we had to take some sort of a class and a skills class. And so I ended up taking a 10 key class and I just had an aptitude to it. And as I continued on through different jobs, I got training and on the job training and different skills that I found. I just had an aptitude towards the accounting work and organizing things. And so I continued that on in my education, in my higher education and career. So I just fell into it and it's been quite a blessing because I'll tell you, I never thought I would be where I am today, doing what I'm doing today when I started that 10 key class 32 years ago. And as my career has grown and things have changed and I've had a business, my business even has shifted from my very beginning idea of the business to where it is now. And a significant change for me was when... I one time went to an event and somebody had said, bringing business and spirituality together. And all of a sudden, all these light bulbs went off in my head. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Because I had already had such a a great base and a great experience with all of these different companies that I worked with and, and putting back together their financial systems throughout 25 year career. Then at the same time, really developing the spiritual side of myself and going through this healing process of myself and starting a business, my own business. I'm going to be celebrating a 10 year, my 10 year anniversary this year, November. Woohoo. It's a big celebration. I'm super excited about that. I started my own accounting business in 2008 in the downturn of the economy. Ultimately, my passion and the purpose of the Spirit of Money podcast is to assist you in healing and discovering a different relationship with money and a different point of view of money and how to look at it in a way that supports you and supports your family, supports our communities. And this is such an important topic right now in healing our money side so that we can survive and eat and live you know, there's so many statistics around poverty, so many statistics um, around 
you know, the divorce and how much pain it causes in families because of money. And this is why I do this. I'll tell you my first real experience about seeing poverty was when I was a little kid. And it actually was really very surprising to me because my father was a barber. That was his profession. And during the summers, on summer vacations, I would get to go and spend the summer with him up at his barber shop during some of the days. And I would get to hang out and just play. He had these big old red chairs. And my dad was one of those old-fashioned barbers. They had, you know, the old barber pole outside on the front, you know. I'm sure I'll remember the guy's name, but it was so typical. But for a barber shop guy's name. But anyway, and they had these big, fun, red you know, leather, patent leather chairs that were huge for me. And I could swing around and it was, it was like then I had my own little throne, you know, my own little red throne. And it was so much fun. And they had, um, I remember they had this big jar, a glass jar full of dumb, dumb suckers, which, you know, incidentally, I love suckers. So it was awesome because I could have a dumb, dumb sucker whenever I wanted and troll around in these chairs. Well, there were four chairs and my father had the first chair at the front. Then the guy who actually owned the chair owned the barbershop. And I'm sure I remember his name eventually. And then there was another gal that, that was there as well. I remember listening one of of these times I was like swirling around in the chair and I heard the ding from the door and I looked up and there was this man that had come in and he was filthy dirty from head to toe. And he had this long, scraggly hair and these long, scraggly beard that was all dark and dirty and muddy. And you can tell that he had was homeless and that he was living on the street. But the thing that was interesting about him at the time was that he was so excited and bumpily and jumping and everything. And he had this money in his hand. And he said, how much would it cost for me to get my, my beer shave? So he basically wanted to get his hair cut you know, his beer shave, and he had this money in his hand. And I could tell he was so excited. And my father at the time was cutting somebody else's hair. And my dad was like, well, I'm already booked up. So I don't have any time for you. And Ralph, that's his name, Ralph, the owner of the barbershop. So it was Ralph's barbershop. (laughs) Anyway, Ralph was sitting in his chair, wasn't doing anything. And neither was the girl. She was sitting in her chair and she wasn't doing anything. We were just sitting there chit-chatting. It was after lunch. My dad was usually always booked because my dad was a very good barber. But Ralph and this gal, you know, they tended not always to be super busy. So of course I was expecting Ralph to be like, yeah, come on over. Let's take care of you. And he just looks at this man and I'm looking over at Ralph and Ralph just is like, well, I don't, I don't do beards. I don't do beards. And then I looked over to the gal and she said, oh, I don't do beards either. And I looked back over at the man and I just saw his whole demeanor just completely sank. Like he was like from like coming down from Christmas morning and so excited to open up the presents to finding that he, that there was nothing under the tree and there was even the Christmas tree was even gone. Like his demeanor was just sunk and his energy just, he was heartbroken and I could tell in that moment and I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And this man turned around and he walked out the door and I remember the door dinging again. And I remember watching him past the window and his head was hung down low and he had the money in his hand. And I was shocked because it really showed me, first of all, how much I just adored these people, 
but that and and these people you know i thought we were all about loving each other and caring about each other but these people completely disregarded his human right to have a haircut because he was homeless because of who he was because of his situation and because he didn't he you know he was homeless there was money he didn't have the money he he had the money but that wasn't important it wasn't it was he was this dirty man that they didn't want to touch and they didn't they denied him his whole human experience you know opportunity to get a haircut The next thing I remember money really being something that really impacted my life. Of course, I was the oldest. I'm the oldest of eight. And, you know, we spent a lot of times in front of the fireplace, you know, bundling up to keep warm. And we always had secondhand clothes and and different things. My dad always did try to make things extra special for me because really I was the oldest girl. And then I had three brothers. So there wasn't another girl until it was later. So I did kind of get spoiled that way in, in certain things. But certainly got my share of teasing for, you know, secondhand clothes and definitely not having the in things, the in clothes or whatever. But one of the things that really impacted me the most was my dad used to do a paper route really super early in the mornings and he would go out and deliver these newspapers out in the morning to help bring extra money into the house. And we would, he would always be listening to the radio. And now mind you, I was born in 1968. So now y'all know I'm 50 years old. (laughs) If you're doing your math and at the moment I am, because I guess if you're listening to this, you know, in the future, certain date, I've definitely gotten older from them, but that's okay. (laughs) Right at this moment, here I am. So anyway, 68, 70s, 80s. So, you know, rocking 80s. That was, I was really glad to be part of that era. But because boy has life changed from the eighties to the 19, what years are we in? 16. Anyway, he was out delivering newspapers one time and I was listening to the radio and this was when Michael Jordan's football or basketball shoes were first released. And I heard on the radio about this young man who was killed out in Chicago because of his Jordash Jordan shoes, Air Jordan tennis shoes. And basically the kid was killed. They were both very young kids and they stole his tennis shoes and off he went. And and from some research I've done, I believe there's a couple incidents just specifically like that for the shoes. And I was just flabbergasted. I couldn't re- believe that people would actually kill each other over a pair of shoes. So this has really been a very long journey for me from being very young to really trying to understand how money has created so much pain in people's lives and how to get out of that pain. That's really been basically my search is how to get out of pain. Because like I said, my my personal life, I've experienced all levels of abuse at different levels of abuse and different levels of, uh, you know, horrible experiences, like I said, that shattered my heart and soul. But what happened for me was just this huge 
I really don't know where it came from, but I have, I've always had this deep gumption about me that's always kind of pushed me forward with things. And I think maybe it is because I am the oldest of eight and I end up always being responsible for them. And then I would end up being the one getting in massive ugly trouble because I didn't, because I didn't get them to follow the rules and take care of the house. And so I would end up being the one getting the punishment of it. Maybe that's where part of that came from is that determination to, to keep people, help people kind of in balance and in harmony and, and loving each other. So the next part of my life really was being a teenage mom is what ended up happening is I got pregnant when I was a teenager and got married right away. In fact, that was the first thing my dad said. I was 16 and uh, I was still in high school and my dad said, when's the wedding? And we got married shortly after that. And then we ended up getting divorced actually quite quickly right after that before my son's first birthday, actually, just because it wasn't working out. And I ended up moving to Salt Lake City with my mom, raised, started raising my son as a teenage mom and, and really did not get into any other relationship. I did have a few other relationships that basically didn't work out. I made a conscious effort, a conscious choice not to get married again because I I just had seen how much things had hurt in families uh, with the stepdad and all that. And I didn't, I really just didn't want to do that. Uh, And I think maybe at the time too, truthfully, I was screwed up enough (laughs) that really I knew enough about spirituality that I would just attract another guy that was basically as messed up as me. And so I didn't, I chose not to (laughs) because I thought I'm just going to work on me And when the time's right, I'm going to find the perfect guy because I've been taking care of me and healing myself and healing the trauma from my life. So I didn't get married, but I did everything exactly backwards from what my um, religious background was. And I did it absolutely background backwards, which is the house, the kids. Uh, Actually, I did the kids, the house and the picket fence and the, the business. And I've been very successful but not when it comes to the husband part, which is what I've been prepped to do, mind you. That was what I was supposed to do. That was supposed to be my destination was to be a mother and wife. But the wife part hasn't worked out yet, like I said. But that's okay because what it's done is it's really given me an opportunity to really dive into what my gifts are and what I'm meant to be really bringing forth onto this planet and learning from that experience of not being you know, in a relationship right now, because it's given me the opportunity to observe human nature and connection in couples and relationships that not many people, you know, get to experience because they're in a relationship and they're focusing on the relationship. So I've had a very unique perspective and just in my own, you know, personal passion of looking at patterns and looking at history and looking at energy and looking at coordination, looking at the pattern. What I like to say kind of now is I basically kind of work on a Rubik's cube. Like if you think of a Rubik's cube and think of yourself as a Rubik's cuber, there's that, the mind piece. We have our mind, each color would represent the mind, the body, the spirit, the wallet, and our divine I am self. And that's what this is all about is basically where I'm at now. I basically am able to assist you and work with you in Rubik's cubing your little self together between your energy patterns, your 
um, spiritual patterns, your thinking patterns, and your direct money patterns. There is a correlation between all of them. And that's what I discovered in my years of experience is this pattern that happens within the personal person. That particular person, when you own a business, um, or even while you're working in a company, what happens is that you, the financial energy, like a like attracts like, and that happens in business and in your employment, it'll happen in that space as well. And what will happen is that business owner, and even if the business owner is not the one actually doing the books and managing the cash flow, because their vibration is so strong, their financial vibration is so strong, it still ends up correlating with the cash flow of the business because the owner of the business is the captain of the ship. And when you think about the money boat in your business and in your life, the captain of the ship runs the ship and directs that um, the flow of money and flow of life and flow of, of it moving into the world and into their life. So if the captain of the ship has a very limited view of money and a very limited view of of what money is possible for them or how much money is possible for them or what their value is, you know, how much they should be paid. If that captain thinks very little of themselves as far as how much money should be in their life, then they have a less chance of getting, you know, where they want. Instead of captaining a yacht, they're captaining a little rowboat. Maybe just some of them maybe just have one of those tubes, you know, those plastic tubes with the little duck on it. <laughs> you know, I think I've, I, I know I've had some of those plastic tube days where that's all my, the boat I had was this plastic little tube that barely fit around my butt that I could get down the stream in because as a single mom, money was the one thing that kept barely kept us afloat, right? We barely were able to do what we needed to do. And the, one of the best things about having money in our lives is it gives us so much more freedom. It really does. It gives us the opportunity opportunity to do the trainings, do the classes, talk to the spiritual people to do the healing that we need to do, but also to invest in ourselves and in our business and in our dreams. So there's so many things that money can do in our lives and, and assist us. But the even bigger, better part about it is, is that when you're working from your heart and allowing yourself to receive money in your life, what you're able to do, what you're doing is assisting in the healing of our planet and healing of other people in our life. And that money you can reinvest into your, into your business, reinvest into your life. And so that you can take on even bigger trainings and travels and experiences for yourself and your family, but not only that, but to build this business for yourself that you can get your message out. You could heal and work with more people and heal and heal more people because there is gazillions of people. There's just so much. I just, I can't wait to share with you. And this is why I'm so excited about being able to have this podcast now, because I have been given so much divine information when it comes to money and connecting and creating in our life and in our business. And I'm so excited to share every single bit of it with you. Honestly, I'm like holding back myself. Uh, I'm like, no, wait, no, that's another podcast. No, we can talk about that in another podcast. Um, I have so much information to share and I'm just so excited to share it with you. 
because this is such an important topic right now for, for all of us to heal our lives and heal our hearts, heals our soul, but not only that, heal our financial life so that we can get out of the pain of poverty. The pain of poverty, when you look at the homelessness that's around us now still, and what are we talking about? We, we talk about getting together and doing sandwiches, which is great, But what we really need to be doing is sitting around talking about how can we create more income for our homes? How can we create more income for our families? Um, I definitely believe in lowering expenses to a degree, but I'm more about increasing your income, right? We want to think in the increase, not the decrease. And if if we're always thinking about, oh, I got to pay off my debt. Oh, I got to decrease debt. I got to decrease my expenses. I got to decrease. I got to decrease. I decrease. All we do is in when you think about the power of attraction, we're talking about decreasing our energy. We're decreasing who we are. We're not expanding. We're decreasing. So it's so important for us to think about increasing our life and balancing our spending because we're not, we don't want to increase our spending, but we do want to increase our experiences. And honestly, like I would rather forego a thousand extra, you know, target knickknacks and put that money into an Italian vacation with my kids and my family, right? So that's what this is about is increasing our experiences, increasing our our souls, increasing ourselves into the world, increasing our message, increasing our income and increasing what we share into the world in in a divine financial way, right? One that is responsible and through the heart center. And that's where the accounting part comes in all of this is that Then at the same time, part of my mission is to teach you and assist you on how to manage the money properly, What, what, how to be in alignment with your money, getting taxes filed on time, getting payments paid on time, keeping the bank account reconciled and keeping an eye on what it is that you're doing in your bank account and in your financial life. So it doesn't have to be something that stresses you out all the time. So it doesn't have to be something that you can't sleep at night with because because you're so stressed out about the money and what's going to happen. When you take that time with your money to do the paperwork, your paper will take care of you, right? Your money will take care of you. It is about just like with going on a diet or exercising in the relationship with our body, like it or not, we got to exercise. Even like it or not, for some people, we got to brush our teeth and take a bath, right? Oh, use the bathroom. Okay, we probably won't have very many bathroom talks on this podcast, but I will warn you <laughs> ahead of time, possibly, because uh, just who knows what's going to come through at the moment. But ultimately, right, I, honestly, like I am so I hate going to the bathroom. I mean, you even know as kids, right, as kids, they get so excited about the experience that they're doing and what they're doing and just to go to the bathroom. It's such an inconvenience. It's like, come on again. I have to go again, especially at night now as I'm older, especially at night. It's like, really? Again? Okay. <laughs> Anyway, that's what it is about taking care of your bills. And honestly, paperwork makes the world go round. And that's the truth of it. And the more you can just accept it, allow it, let it flow into your life and experience it and view it in a different way. And that's what I'm here to assist you with. But when you can come to, you know, a flow with your paperwork, then that's what happens with your money too, is that you able to create a flow with your money and a one that works so much better for you and one that supports you in your dreams and your desires and in your business and everything that you're wanting to do. 
The main reason why I started a business was because at the time I was still a single mom, of course, and my children were getting old enough that I was no longer going to be able to use them as a deduction on my taxes. So I couldn't claim single head of household anymore. I was just going to have to claim single. And at the time I was making a really good income and I knew I was going to just get screwed financially is from the taxes because being a single person, the tax is the tax rate is outrageous. So I decided that I wanted to uh, start a business for the tax benefit, number one. And number two at the time, it seemed to be a perfect time because actually it was in 2008, which was when the big housing crisis happened. And at the time I was working for a home builder. I was the controller for uh, one of the, a big home builder here in Utah. And he kept saying to me, you better get your resume ready, better get your resume ready, ready, get your, get your, better get your resume ready. I can't even say it three times fast. (laughs) And then there was another young man that came into my office that had just started his business. And I worked very closely with all the vendors for this home builder. So I knew all of them. And, and I'm always, you know, my thought in, in the work that I've done and just seeing how much money has been, is wasted in businesses from poor business management. I just know how much money a business leaks. And I would rather see that money going to the employees rather than the uh, banks, right? For late fees and overdraft charges and things like that. But anyway, this young man came into my office and he pointed at me and he was like, I need you to control me. And I was like, okay. (laughs) It actually really surprised me because I always got in trouble when people thought I was trying to control them. Um, and it, it was just really a very surprising, um, comment that, that really kind of surprised me. But, and then I actually had another young man that I was assisting and working with him, a landscaping company and voila, I had a business. And so at the time in 2008, what I did is I went to my then boss and said, my interest in your business has changed and they became my client. And I started working with them less because, uh, you know, like I said, in the housing market, a lot of things changed and there was a big shift in the work and and what was happening in the housing market. I, I was, there wasn't a need for me to work as much as they had before. And it opened up a space for me to work with these other clients during the day. And I started working from home and, and it's been great. And The best thing about it was at the time I had a mentor that told me we could either choose into the situation of what was happening or we can choose out of it. And at the time, I still had my two kids living at the house. I had a house, a brand new house that I had just finished building. You know, I had a mortgage and I had a, oh my gosh, the utilities were outrageous. (laughs) But I had, you know, a lot of financial responsibility and So I made the decision. I made the choice. I'm not choosing into, you know, what's happening in the economy. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be just fine. And I did. And I have been. But what was interesting when I first started, so I started my accounting business and that business was accounting sense. Divine Money Mastery didn't come down till later. In 2008, I started Accounting Sense Inc. And it was my plan. My whole mission was to go and start working with small business owners and and assisting them in creating a financial system within their business to help them better manage their 
taxes and get the best tax benefit and have a successful business because most businesses fail within that first five years. And from what I see from a financial standpoint is the reason is because they get in trouble with taxes because they don't understand them. They're overwhelmed by all the tax regulations and the things that need to be done, but they don't also don't understand what information needs to be captured and there isn't a system in place for it. And then based on their belief system around money in the first place and receiving money and talking about money in business, which is absolutely crucial. And again, depending on if you're a male or female, there's also a whole nother set of belief systems around money and your relationship with money and how you take care of your money. You know, people, businesses weren't filing their taxes on time. They weren't really looking at their money. And so they didn't really know if they were really making a profit or not. This one current home builder that I was working with at the time, they thought they were making a profit on every single one of the houses. But once I got in and converted everything and put stuff together, they found out they were actually losing quite a bit of money in their houses. We were able to really look at the expenses and really hone down on the individual costs for each one of these um, home building items. And they actually end up finally uh, hiring an estimator, a much better estimator in the, in the business to help them really hone down on all the building costs. So they were able to make a much better profit and they're still doing very well today and using the, you know, the same patterns now. So when I started my business and going into these new businesses, these small businesses, I just was going in and we're going to talk to them about, you know, I had a whole system set up about how we would go through this evaluation with your financial systems and how you would, how we would look at what, what needed to happen within the business and whatnot. And what ended up happening was people started breaking down and crying and getting so upset and so emotional and they were just devastated and, I, and my heart started breaking for them because I was just like shocked. I'm like, well, we're just here to talk about your taxes, your finances. I didn't realize that there was such an emotional and heart-wrenching experience for people that was that people had been experiencing because I'd been dealing with it all the time. To me, it was like a doctor, you know, doing operations and, you know, cutting up people and doing the blood to me that like squeamishes me out. And that's basically what's happening with people that I realized it was like it squeamishes them out. And, and because of the beliefs and the shame that they carried about not doing things a certain way um, that they thought they were supposed to do or how they were supposed to do within their business, they, you know, they were heartbroken and they started, they felt safe enough to share with me their inner feelings and their, you know, their vulnerability and cry and share, you know, one, one client said, I feel like I'm standing here naked, you know, and I'm just flashing you. <laughs> and, and, and it just dawned on me. I'm like, well, no wonder nobody, man, no wonder people aren't getting their taxes done. No wonder they're not getting bills done. No wonder everybody's in debt. I mean, our country's in debt. Our communities are in debt. You know, our homes are in debt. We're all in so much debt, but yet we pretend nothing's going on and we're swiping, you know, sweeping it under the carpet. And yet we go on, you know, day to day still, and we pretend nothing's happening. We make sure we buy the next Netflix or whatever freaking watch there is. iPod watch and the new next game that comes out in the new video that came out. We make sure we handle all that stuff. But what we don't do is we don't connect into our heart and soul and like look at really what the problem is and what's really happening with our money. 
right? And then we worry about it and worry about it. And that's when I realized I had to do something else. And I had to figure out something else of what was happening. And then when I went to a conference, there was a business conference I went to in 2012. And, um, this conference, this gentleman, there was these two men that came in and one was just wilder than hell. I think he wasn't even wearing shoes and, and he was just all wild and he was just going to be who he was like this, you know, he had white pants and a white shirt and he didn't have shoes on. He had wild hair, kind of like a surfer, you know, surfer guy and everything. Uh, but he was very spiritual, you know, so he's like this guru, spiritually kind of business guy. And then this other, the other guy, the other trainer, he was very straight laced, you know, had his business suit. Well, actually, I don't think he wore a tie, but he had a suit on, no tie, you know, short hair, you know, kind of the missionary looking type without a tie. And ultimately what they came, what they said and the message that I got that transformed my life forever was the idea of bringing together business and spirituality. And all of a sudden divine money mastery was born. And that's my second business, December 12th, oh, December 21st, 2012, actually, uh, divine money mastery was born. And that's where it all came together that that I saw the patterns of the business from all of my experience in, in reconstructuring, reconstructing, I can't say, I can't even say, reconstructuring, reconstructing business financial systems and calculations and organizations on in business financials, you know, within QuickBooks and Excel and having that all set up so it goes, flows out exactly how it needs to for your CPA to get filed for taxes. But I started to see this correlation within those things with also the belief system of the of the person of the individual. What happened was that I I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. I have to figure out how I can assist a person within their belief system within themselves translate throughout into the world so that they could do their accounting and get their bookkeeping done on time and file their taxes on time and create money and create an income. This now became my new mission, how this was going to happen. Well, because of all my spiritual work and the things that I, I absolutely love, like I've done shaman work, I've done um, so many meditation works, I've done a lot of healing work with spiritual one-on-one, spiritualist, I call her my spiritualist. Um, Because we work in a higher consciousness and a higher plane of different things, but also on the earth plane. I've done a lot of drum circles and different and different things like that. And a few of my very favoriteest tools have been oracle cards, just hundreds and thousands of books. I don't really read the books as much. I I really feel like I basically just kind of read by osmosis to tell you the truth, because I'm able to just like get the author's energy and I'm able to go through and read what I need to read in the moments I need to. But they're more here for like emotional emotional support around me. <laughs> so I like, I kind of like, okay, I'm reading by osmosis, but it gives me, I love being able to go to them and, and read the wisdom as it comes to me. And as I'm, you know, divinely drawn to, but I also absolutely love Oracle cards and not really tarot cards, but I love Oracle cards. And the, what was explained to me as far as the main difference between Oracle cards and tarot cards is that tarot cards are more about giving you past, present and future. And they basically tell you, kind of give you a plan. Like, you know, if you do this, if you do that, things will work out where Oracle cards are more about a direct angel messages or direct 
goddess messages or direct, you know, higher self messages or direct fairy messages. They're more just direct messages to assist you in getting a clearer understanding of what's going on in your life right now or what what's troubling you at the moment. And to give you some extra support and guidance is to, to where you're at and what's leading you towards certain things. And I was like, voila, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create a set of oracle cards that would assist people in healing this belief system for themselves. So what happened was I ended up getting the download and it took two and a half hours and I got the download for 44 cards. They're called the Divine Money Goddess Oracle Cards. And essentially what they are is eight money goddesses that give a different perspective from their higher self. So from their I am self, uh, they give you a perspective from their, the relationship with their mind, body, spirit, and wallet. Because ultimately that's what it is, is that our core energy system within ourselves is intertwined with our belief system, with our mind, that with our belief system of what we have regarding our relationship that we have with our mind, the relationship we have with our body, the relationship we have with our spirit, and the relationship that we have with our wallet. And what these goddesses do is give us a different perspective. And the reason why there's eight is because they each also correlate with the eight chakra centers. So you've got your root chakra up through your crown chakra. So there's actually the seven main chakras and then the eighth chakra or eighth energy system is your aura center. Each one of these goddesses work on this different layer. And, and ultimately what you do as you work with these goddesses, you're also working within your chakra system and this essential piece of your personal relationship within yourself that's missing, that gets to be strengthened in order to strengthen that full core core of you from mind, body, spirit, and walla. And the walla is goes ultimately out into connecting into the world uh, through our business and through our finances. It works with us at each one of these levels within each one of our chakra systems to assist us in really connecting to our fuller divine self, our full self actualized self. And within these 44 cards, the last, there's also four bonus cards and the four bonus cards are the divine feminine, the divine masculine, the divine I am and the divine ego. It was such a magical, amazing experience. And I just wrote them all down and I put them on little stickies and I had a a bulletin board at the time. And so I was just writing them down and putting them up and, and I would just use the stickies with a little thumbtack on the bulletin board so that I could like lay them all out. And then I, you know, of course I moved, I ended up moving some things around cause I'm like, no, that's not quite right where that goes because, you know, I just lined them all up and, you know, in order horizontal and verticals because these each had the five different perspectives and it was just amazing. And as I've been working with them and really just developing them and writing them, it's just been, so much fun and such a such a blessing the main thing about them was that it was really about bringing the the feminine language the feminine side of money because my experience in money and in business has always been a very masculine dominated arena and especially in business and also in the view that men have over uh that women have over uh, money. There's a huge difference. And, and we see that already. We talk about it, you know, where women get 75 cents to the man's dollar. But what was interesting to me that I've discovered even in entrepreneurship, as I've worked with all my business owners, is that 
even even in the amount of money that they charge for their services, there's a huge difference in the amount of money that um, one man would be doing in his own business that a woman would be charging in her own business. And there's a lot of things around that, especially because the woman wants to be nice. The whole thing of this is there's a balance. There's a balance of coming to the feminine side of money, and then there's a balance of the masculine side. Each energy has a beautiful contribution to the dance and the development of of money, but masculine and feminine energy is also within each one of us as an individual. It's also within our systems, it's in our communities, and it's a system now that we're trying to, you know, really come to grips with and come together with. And the part that I connected with and that was for me for my own first growth, first part of my growth was to develop a positive relationship with being with the feminine side of me because I was also already very dominant or you know very masculine and in fact I was really pissed off that I was a woman I was mad I was a woman because if I wasn't a woman I would have been treated differently I would have been taken more seriously this you know they I was more of the secretary not the controller not the corporate controller of a multi-million dollar building company I was treated like the secretary no offense to secretaries but it was and and I mean that ultimately like you know I'm there to look pretty and have the blonde blue-eyedy you know I you know, thanks for the information, but I'll make the decision, sweetheart, and pat you on the head, you know, and walk out of the room. It really was something that was a very difficult, difficult thing for me. And and I'm sure you've heard many women talk about their experiences of being suppressed in business and, and things. In fact, my mother, actually, she wanted to be an engineer, but in her time, they wouldn't let her her father wouldn't let her be an engineer. He wouldn't let her go to engineering school because she was a woman and said, nope, you can either be a teacher or a nurse. So she ended up going into nursing. Ultimately, in this writing of these cards, I learned how to fall in love with the feminine side of me and fall in love with the power of being a woman and the experience. And and, and ultimately, that fact that the skills and the amazing skills that I have that and gifts that I have are because I'm a woman. And that was really one of the most amazing discoveries for me because bottom line, if as a woman, I have all these amazing gifts, that means every woman on our planet has these same amazing gifts too. And it is always such, it it breaks my heart so much to hear so many women, you know, downplay themselves and don't believe in themselves and their abilities and have been told for centuries and centuries that the only thing they're good for is being the wife and the mother and to look good. We've been telling women this for centuries and that's something that, that has changed and is, you know, we're done playing that game. And the, the next thing that's really beautiful and wonderful that's happening right now is I'm actually in the process of writing a men's set of card called the money Kings and the Divine Money Kings, and they're just as amazing. They just, I, I, I really just can't wait to finish to to get to this project. But they're coming, and they're here. Really, they've been very patient. Honestly, I found the artist. However, I just have not gotten to the time to write them all completely. But they're they're here, and that's really about healing the heart and soul of the man, healing the heart of the of the man and the blood of the earth. Because it's really about um, the us reconnecting to the divine masculine and honoring the masculine energy and and the beautiful gifts that they have brought to this planet and that they've brought to 
the evolution of the feminine. At a deeper level, really divine money mastery is really about healing the heart and soul of all of us and creating a life for ourselves that we are in love with, that we can't wait to wake up in the morning and be with our families with and know that we're not going to be fighting with each other over money and that we're feeling confident in what we're doing, that we're not part of this, oh my gosh, it's Monday morning misery, you know? And that's what I want for every one of you is that you love your life and enjoy your life. But there is a level of responsibility that we each get to take because we're each part of this whole economic plan. It doesn't just happen by itself. There's been a lot of circumstances that has attributed to the economy that we have and the debt that our communities and our cities and our states are in and our country is in. And we each have a piece, you know, a part of that. But the point is to focus on ourselves and start healing ourselves because as as we heal ourselves, we heal those around us. And I've seen that happen over and over again, not only in my own life, but the life of my clients. And I've just been so grateful to see what happens when a person sits down and really starts facing their money, right? It's time to get the money out of the closet. We've gotten everything else out of the closet, Let's get the money out of the closet, our whole money issue, and get rid of that heartache, that thing that keeps us blocked up from really creating our dream and being that divine person that we are and, and, and what we're meant to be. So welcome to the spiritual side of money. The, the path to discovering your, your spiritual side of your money really is to start looking at how your life what gifts have been in every experience in your life? Not only the the things that have been joyful, but those things that have been painful. Because those painful things in your life have been ultimately your training ground to say that has given you the opportunity to look at life in, in a certain way and give you a perspective of life that gets to be changed or gets to be healed. And you took on this mission. I believe for myself, I took on this mission and that chose this family and the place that I'm at was at to learn these certain things. And now as I've gotten older and have worked on myself and worked in my business, I have, I now know that the experiences I had was the perfect experiences for me to do what I get to do now. And I'm so grateful for it. Honestly, I'm so grateful for it because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to do this beautiful work. And it is such beautiful work to me. It's something that is so precious to me to be able to assist people in seeing the gift that you are to see the gift of who you are and who you're meant to be and assisting you and untangling the mind from this belief system that is archaic and quite simply bullshit. The truth is, is everything really is upside down. Everything that they've told us growing up has been a lie. And, and it's time for us to claim ourselves as individuals and as powerful beings on this planet that can create the life that we absolutely want and that we absolutely deserve to have simply because we are here. Simply because we are here. Just like that man at the barbershop who deserved that human right of having a haircut. We each deserve to have a beautiful life and a beautiful experience and that chance to move forward and be treated as human.
That's our episode today. Thank you so much for being here. I do hope you found some inspiration and divine insight. I wish you many, many money blessings. Peace in. Thank you for listening to the Spirit of Money podcast. Are you ready to transform your money life? Imagine making money that nourishes your body and soul. Visit DivineMoneyMastery.com for more information about products and services created to empower your money life and to contact Beth Ann via email, Facebook, and Instagram. Sign up to receive a complimentary ebook written by Beth Ann, Five Steps to Money Peace of Mind Quick Guide. Discover the spiritual side of your money to increase your abundance and divine financial wealth. Join us next time on the Spirit of Money podcast.